If I asked you for a picture of intimacy, what would it look like? How would you describe it to me? A picture that comes to mind for me is the Garden of Eden. Eden was a picture of intimate life. The man and woman walked with God in the cool of the day, which showed an intimate friendship with God. The man and woman were naked and not ashamed, which showed an intimate love for one another. They studied and named the animals, which showed an intimate connection with creation. And they tended to the garden, which showed an intimate engagement with their work. But the story takes a heartbreaking fall when we find God walking in the garden, searching for Adam and Eve. He calls out to them, where are you? Then fortunately, the serpent had deceived Eve from eating from the tree and Adam didn't warn her not to and he also ate from the tree. And in an instant, their relationship with God and to one another and to their work, it was all broken. In an instant, the bonds of intimacy were broken. For the first time, they realized that they were naked and they were embarrassed and ashamed. And for the first time, they feared being seen and known by God. So they hid. But here's what stands out to me. God allowed them to hide. The thing about intimacy is that it cannot be coerced. And God desires connection, not compliance. And surely the Lord knew what had just happened. And still, he chose to seek them out. We see redemption right at the beginning of the story when God seeks them out, inviting them out of hiding and then covering their shame by dressing them. But there were consequences because of their actions, which resulted in a broken relationship. The bonds that hold healthy relationships together, intimacy, were broken. And if I were to summarize the rest of the Bible story, then I would say it's a story of God's deep hunger for intimacy, his pain at its loss, his determination to recapture it, and then his fierce joy at its redemption. Scripture tells us that we don't have to wait for the coming kingdom to have intimacy with God. Scriptures show us that God pursues us out of deep intimacy and with deep intimacy and invites us in. Scripture also shows us that our relationships with one another have the opportunity to build intimacy. Would intimacy be a word that you would use to describe your relationships? What about your relationship with God? The word intimacy carries a different meaning today than it used to. Somewhere along the way, the word intimacy got tangled up with sex. But even though there is a connection between the two words, they are not interchangeable. One is not dependent upon the other. We don't need to have sex to be intimate with someone. and We don't need to be intimate with someone to have sex. In fact, the vast majority of, of your relationships have nothing to do with sex. Intimacy applies to relationships with your family and your friends and your coworkers and your roommates, somebody you're dating and with God. Intimacy is not simply a feeling. 
The clearest definition that I've read comes from a book, I'd Like You More If You Were More Like Me by John Ortberg, which a lot of this is shaped from this book. So if you'd like to learn more, you should check it out. But he says that intimacy is shared experiences. It's being known and knowing someone, which is shaped through experiences of listening and sharing and being with one another. Jesus mastered the art of fostering intimacy. He showed intimacy through his time and with his attention. The Gospel of Mark highlights Jesus's intention when he chose his disciples. It reads, he appointed 12 that they might be with him. It was that simple that they might be with him. When when he traveled, when he ate, when he rested, when he prayed, when he worked, to be with him when the crowds loved him and when the crowds left him. He devoted much of his life to being with them. Because God is always present, intimacy with him is possible in every moment of our lives. We just have to show up and spend the time with him. And maybe that's where you feel a disconnect. You want to have a deep, intimate relationship with the Lord, but your efforts have either fallen short or you just don't even know where to begin. And instead of giving you a step-by-step -step guide with instructions on how to grow in intimacy with God, I just want to share with you about the nature of God as listener. In Psalm 66, verse 19, it says, this, but God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. Praise God who did not ignore my prayer. In Psalm 116 verses one through two, it says, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy because he bends down to listen. I will pray as long as I have breath. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13 says, In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And then in 1 Peter, verse 3, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, it says, The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open to their prayers. Throughout scripture, there is a constant reference to God hearing the prayers of his people, hearing their cries and their grief and their troubles and their anger and their doubts. And in fact, the ultimate act of God listening was Jesus coming to earth. He listened by entering into our circumstances, sitting down in our sorrow, walking in the chaos of our culture, experiencing humanity firsthand. The very act of God becoming human communicates intimacy with us. It's as if God says, it's not enough for me to know you and to know what you're experiencing. I want to experience what you're experiencing. I want to know who you are by being with you. And I want to show you what it's like for me to be with you. John Ortberg says, God could have loved us from a distance, but he wanted to do more than just love us. He wanted to be with us, to be intimate with us. So God became fully human and full to fully share the experience of humanity. 
He shared in our joy and in our pain. God shared in our experiences of loneliness, fatigue, anxiety, and sorrow. He shared in our comfort of being held and in our despair of feeling forsaken. And if this is the case, then maybe we're already closer to God than we think we are. Maybe intimacy with God isn't just something we can do, but something we can also receive. There's two things that get in the way of our receiving. And the first is this, knowing God listens, but not intentionally showing up to spend time with him. Rick Warren says that you are as close to God as you choose to be. We are responsible for cultivating the spiritual environment that we live in. Spiritual disciplines exist to help us grow closer to God and his heart so that we may know him more deeply and that he may show us the depths of knowing him um, and the depths of him knowing us. So the first question to ask in regards to growing in intimacy with God is how much time am I actually spending with him? Not only that, but is the time that I'm spending being measured by good discipline, open-heartedness, listening, and sharing, free of distractions, and so on. And the second thing that gets in the way of our receiving is this, knowing God listens, but then actually believing that we are being heard. Do I actually believe I'm being heard? Sometimes we can feel a distance when communicating with God because we're not hearing a response from him. Or maybe a prayer request isn't being answered the way that we hoped it would be. Or maybe we even feel like God's silence in our life is an absence of his presence. God doesn't always answer the quick fix questions that we have. And he also doesn't always speak the way that we wish that he would. But what he does promise is his presence. He sits with us wherever we are in whatever circumstance that we are in. And his presence speaks truth over us. And because God promises his presence, there is always a listening ear ready to hear. Maybe another way to look at prayer is not just seeing it as an information transcript or even a personal dialogue, though it is. It's also the movement of empathy from heaven to earth. Prayer is looking into God's eyes, looking into ours, and seeing his deep love for us like Hugh talked about last week, knowing that you are deeply loved and then living out of that love. God's listening ear is the movement of empathy from heaven to earth. Do you know what happens to your brain when you connect with someone in an intimate way? Psychologist Kurt Thompson studies the brain and then looks at the soul. And he says an important part of how people change, not just their experiences, but also their brains, is through the process of telling their stories to an empathetic listener. When a person tells their story and is truly heard and understood, both the teller and the listener undergo actual changes in their brain circuitry and feel a greater sense of emotional and relational connection. 
They feel intimacy. Another word for it is that they feel belonging. This intimate connection helps to decrease anxiety and brings a greater awareness of compassion to one another. It creates empathy. Just as Jesus invited his disciples to be with him, God invites us to be with him. We may find ourselves in the shadow of Adam and Eve, hiding from God, feeling the guilt and shame of our brokenness. We may hear God's voice calling, where are you? But fear being found, fear being known and seen. But God desires connection with us. And he portrays this desire through his character of being a God who draws near to us out of love and listens. He is a God who shares intimacy with us. May we draw near to him.